Brought to you by the Bloom Women's Ministry at Church on the Rock in Lubbock, Texas. This is Bloom Talks. Hey everyone, welcome to Bloom Talks. I'm your host, Cynthia Hernandez. And I'm your other host, Paige Allen. Cynthia, we're podcasting today. Feels so good. And we have got a jewel today. I am telling you what, this lady just moved back to Lubbock like maybe about a year ago. And every time I have a conversation with her, I walk away just like, almost like my mouth <laughs> yes, is that. Draw, that dropping, jaw dropping, <laughs> like what? She just like deposited like so much wisdom and truth and love and I feel, I don't know. I just feel, I mean, we just had this conversation with her. She just walked out the door and there's just such a sense of peace and calm in this room. Mm-hmm. And I think that is kind of what she does. Brooke Flickinger leaves this trail of peace and love because she does. She walks with the Lord so closely and has for years. Yeah. You are going to get to, you're going to feel this. I know you are through our conversation with her, but Brooke and her husband have been in ministry for over 20 years. She is a counselor. She is a mama. She is, she's just an awesome lady. She's scuba certified. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we just learned that at our last women's event. I know. Yeah. <laughs> and, and she's a yoga, a yoga she's certified. She's cool. She is so cool. <laughs> so here is another thing that I'm really excited about is we are about to launch our um, first ever Bloom original Bible study co-authored by three women. Mm-hmm. And Brooke is one of our authors. Yeah. And um, so it is a Bible study looking at the lives of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And Cynthia, I have to tell you, Brooke writes an entire week's worth in the Bible study just on Lazarus. And I mean, how how many times have you read the story of Jesus rising, raising Lazarus from the dead? Like if, if you grew up in church, you know the story, but... Once it shouldn't surprise me, but she has such depth and such an intimate relationship with Jesus that the way she sees it, it's it was it just blew my mind. It's so fresh and encouraging and and beautiful um, that I I can't wait for ladies to to learn from Brooke. I cannot wait. I know. So, so so hey. Uh, uh, if you are listening currently, um, this Bible study is happening July 13th, 20th, and 27th, 2022, and you can register today and and get a copy of the Bible study and then go through the live teaching. If you're listening to this later and after you fall in love with Brooke, you can still get a copy of that book. You just have to reach out to us. So yeah, well, should we jump in? Let's do it. Okay.
Well, Brooke, thank you for being with us today. You're very welcome. I, um, I'm really excited because I'm getting to know you right now. You're even helping me in the office a little bit, but I don't really know your full story, and I know Cynthia doesn't. I don't. I'm very excited to hear it. The very first time I met you, Brooke, I just knew I would like you because you called and you asked if I wanted to go on a walk. True. Mm -hmm. Done. Friends for life, matching yeah. tattoos, the works. We're in. <laughs> <laughs> she did. She did. She came out. She was like, I'm in it. This lady wants to talk, and but we're going to go for a walk. She was like, we need to do this more often when people want to come by and talk about things. So we're now trying to implement it occasionally. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. So we program. just, yeah. That was awesome. <laughs> I love Wasn't it? Yes. Mm. So, Brooke, this, I already told you this. We just want to get to know you. And we want, we just trust that the Holy Spirit's going to kind of guide our conversation. So I want you to start by just telling us about yourself. Um, you can either start now or you can start way back when. You can choose. So, yes. Okay. I'll start way back when and we'll okay. come up to now, I Perfect. think. That's so great. I grew up in Sunnyside, Texas, which is just up the road, but between Amarillo and Lubbock. I've never heard of Sunnyside. I yeah. love that name. Yeah. Okay. Sunnyside, mm -hmm. Texas. That's because it was us and a couple of other houses and a lot of cattle. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I lived on a dirt road, you know, very farming, farming life. Okay. My dad owned a grain elevator and fertilizer business and farmed and trucked and we mm -hmm. did all of those things. Mm -hmm. um, and then when I finished high school, I came here to Lubbock. Mm -hmm. Went to tech for my undergrad, then spent some time in Colorado okay. at Focus on the Family, and decided to go um, get my master's and ended up at Dallas Seminary mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and got my master's in biblical counseling. So that's like wow, yeah, the short version of how I came into just professional life. Mm -hmm. But at seminary, I met Chris, my husband, mm -hmm. who's from Iowa. Okay. And he was a new believer. I, I've been with Jesus a long time. I think sometime when I was before school, before kindergarten, mm -hmm. okay. I was like on a swing set in my yard. Mm. My birthday's always around VBS. Mm -hmm. And I... <laughs> You know, good old rule, um, Texas. There was lots of VBS in my yes. life. And so I remember being on the swing, which was my favorite place in my backyard by myself, mm -hmm. and just like asking Jesus to come into my heart oh, and told I him that, that I loved him. I have a very strong memory of that. Wow. And my mom jotted it down mm -hmm. in her Bible. So she's like, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is the date. But um, I think, so Jesus, I always say Jesus is my keeper. I mean, mm -hmm. he's just kept me mm -hmm. all of these years from so many things and just kept me close. Yeah. Um, kind of under his wing. I love that. And Jesus so, is my keeper. Yeah. That's yeah. really beautiful. I yeah. Like that too. I have just a quick question. Focus on the family. What were you doing there? Yeah. Um, let's see. That would have been spring of 1998. They mm -hmm. had a leadership institute, or yeah. it was like called Focus on the Family Institute, and they brought 
like a couple of one or two people from every state in the union to Colorado Springs, and we all like learned about Christian worldview, had some counseling classes. Um, took basically a semester of hours mm-hmm. and got taught by John Eldridge was there at that time. Um, just lots of really wow. cool people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, it was awesome. Actually, from that point is when I went back home and I was like, Mom and Dad, I don't think I'm going to do anything that I you know, mm-hmm. learned mm-hmm. while I was in college. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to go get my master's in counseling. And, um, you know, my whole family got married young and started mm-hmm. having babies. I mean, that was, which is awesome and honorable, and I love it. But that was not the path that God had for me. And I, there was so much freedom because all my family was like, well, we don't know. Do whatever you want because we have no point of reference for telling you what to do or where to go. Mm. So I just prayed and was like, Jesus, you've got to open the doors for whatever this is going to look like. And I was a public school kid my whole life, but I did youth ministry the whole time I was in college at Tech here at Lake Ridge. Mm -hmm. Um, And I realized, like, I need some more biblical knowledge. Mm -hmm. And also I noticed young girls were like, moths to flame with me, mm-hmm. but they would just spill open their lives, mm-hmm. and I was mm-hmm. not as equipped as I wanted to be mm. to yeah. step in. Gotcha. Yeah. And so um, I actually went to campus at Texas Tech one day, and I was like, I want to get my master's, and they were like, hey, we're just now starting the marriage and family studies program mm-hmm. here. Come into the office and they gave me all this wonderful information. You can be one of the first classes, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, you know, I was really thinking about, I need, um, I think I want to do some biblical counseling. And they're like, oh, you know. <laughs> and, uh, and, and so anyway, I walked out of, this is no lie. I walked out of the office that day at Texas Tech University mm-hmm. in the Human Sciences Building. And this girl was sitting outside of the offices there, and she handed me this stack of papers. She said, I heard you talking because the office door's open. She Mm -hmm. goes, and I have all this stuff, but I'm not going to go to this school, but it's everything you're thinking about. And she just handed me this pile of paperwork, which was for Dallas Theological Seminary's biblical counseling program. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it was... God, put it in your hand, for sure. (laughs) And so then I went to my dad, and I was like, I think I'm going to go to seminary. And he was like, to be a pastor, Brooke? And I was like, no, to be a counselor. And he was like, in Dallas? And so we went, and it's Mm -hmm. like in downtown Dallas. Mm -hmm. And my dad was like, you're going to get your concealed handgun license. (laughs) (laughs) Good old country daddy. Yeah. So, But but he said, sure. I mean, my parents got saved when they were post-college, uh-huh. like young yeah. 20s, and on fire for the Lord. They drove us all the way to Trinity for mm. years to go to church mm-hmm. until we were all in high school and too busy and very uh, supportive, but not like, mm-hmm. but very like, whatever God has. Sounds oh. like he's got you, so. Yeah. What a blessing. Wow. 
So you moved to Dallas. I did. Yes. And that's where you met your husband, Chris. Mm-hmm. Yes. In the and library. He was, he was there in seminary as well. He was in seminary because, um, yeah, he was a new believer in his late 20s and was a coach and a teacher mm-hmm. and all of a sudden started like leading droves of kids to Christ. And the pastor at his little church in Iowa was like, hey, you know, you could do this full time. He's like, I am doing this full time. I'm volunteering for you like 30 hours a week yeah. <laughs> on top of my normal work. And uh, the guy was like, no, you can go. You, mm-hmm. you can have a full job that's yeah. this. And that's just not normal. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was from little tiny farming towns in mm-hmm. Iowa. There's only the old people went to church yeah. that he yeah. knew. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, he ended up at seminary the same time as me. And he asked for my notes on a regular basis because he was always playing basketball instead of going to class. Oh. Uh oh. <laughs> Priorities. Right. Um, but yeah, that's where we met. And um, he was actually doing a lot of youth work and wanted to go overseas, he thought. Mm. And I'm a huge Amy Carmichael fan, which she's a missionary. Yeah. to India mm-hmm. from way back when. Mm-hmm. And I had just been reading her work for a long time, and I was really convinced I might be single and on the mission field and, like, just kind of mm-hmm. had laid that all at Jesus' feet. And um, he had other plans because wow. we fell in love, and Chris went to Africa for a whole summer before there was— mm-hmm. I mean, they emailed, like, once. yeah. Right. (laughs) And and before he left, he was like, I may not come back. Like, if I love it there. Really? Yeah. Wow. And I was like, okay. Yeah. You know, I've already learned, hopefully, that God has all these things in his hands. Yes. But he did come back. Okay. Sorry. That makes me... I don't know that I've ever said this. Josh went to Eastern Europe the whole summer before we got married. Um, but he did have plans to come back. But I remember those days because we we talked one time right. for a whole summer, which I feel like, yeah. quote unquote, kids nowadays, they have no comprehension no. of that. Like we were engaged and that doesn't even feel that long ago, but there was no way to talk. No. There was no way, yeah, to communicate. No. So. Even from the standpoint of just following their heart journey while they're there like Mm. him saying he may not come back you didn't know where he was emotionally or anything Uh, you were seriously not knowing no I was seriously not knowing (laughs) well and I also knew but this is what I wanted I was like I want you to do whatever God wants you to do if we're supposed to do it together great but if we're not please like when I was in college, you know, and everybody around me was getting married. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally, I was 24 when I got married. But my in my family, I think they were like, poor Brooke. She's never going to be married. She's going to be an old maid. You know, because that <laughs> everyone got married like at 19, 20, yeah. 21. Uh-huh. And um, so I remember like praying in the basement of Lakeridge Methodist Church as the youth person. Um and saying, God, what do I do with this? Like, mm-hmm. it is a desire of my heart, but if it's not yours, like, what do I do? And this one of the very certain times I know, I was journaling, mm-hmm. that um, the Holy Spirit was communicating with me because I wrote down something I would never have said at 20. And what I wrote is, 
he is pursuing righteousness. Mm. Like that was mm-hmm. the promise I had. Mm. That There's not a time limit on that. So he yeah. might have been pursuing righteousness till we're both 75. You know, yeah. I was like, you know, uh-huh. Uh-huh. okay. Yeah. Okay, but I have this from you, and I'm just going to say, okay, then I have no, I'm not going to worry, and I'm also not going to try to control yeah. anything. Yeah. And I didn't date a lot in college. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just went to school and spent time with youth for yeah. 80 hours a week, <laughs> I felt like. <laughs> yeah. Wow, wow. So... So Chris did come back from Africa, though. He did. Yes. Okay. He came back from Africa and decided to do um, youth ministry in the States for a while. Okay. And I actually counseled. Um, he was finishing up seminary for a whole year. I counseled everybody on campus mm. at seminary. That was like a, a job you could have, and they graciously hired me, and it was awesome and intimidating, mm-hmm. and I loved it. Yeah. I went to work every day loving it. Let's talk for just a second about, I want to talk to you about being a counselor. What What do you love about, uh, yeah, just what do you love about counseling? Well, I think God wired me from a young age mm-hmm. to just be a listener, to be willing to fade into the background and observe. Mm-hmm. Um, in my family, I was the middle kid, but mm-hmm. I wasn't like the crazy middle kid. I was like the peacemaking middle kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of my story is... The big sister that led my mom to Christ, Mm -hmm. my favorite aunt, and my uncle that was so fun that we grew up with. Their kids were older than us, and we were like a step younger than them, so they babysat us and, you know, did things with us. Their names were Sherrod and Kenny, and they had two kids, Jeff and Jill. And we just—my whole family, my extended family was all around growing up. Grandparents, cousins, we spent tons mm-hmm. of time together. Well, when Jeff was a senior in high school, they went to Riodosa snow skiing and took a bunch of their friends. And when they were coming home, they had a head-on collision with someone that had a medical emergency in the other car. Wow. And Sharon and Kenny were killed. Mm-hmm. One of Jeff's best friends was killed. Mm-hmm. One was in the ICU. Everybody was in the hospital. And then my parents were their guardians. Oh, wow. And so I was in fourth, third, fourth grade, somewhere around there. And they came to live with us. Mm-hmm. But their bodies broken, their hearts broken. Yeah. Um, Jeff then went on to tech. Mm-hmm. And Jill was with us from that point forward and has, I mean, she's like a sister to us. Um, but... I watched all of that. I observed my parents. I observed all that occur. Um, And I think even then, I just feel like God was already like Mm -hmm. sowing seeds there because I was the kid that sat at the door and cried while somebody else got punished. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Growing up. Uh And uh, so... I, um, but I watched it and, and some really important and hard things happened in that time period too. Like I found out later, I made agreements that I shouldn't have made during Mm -hmm. that time 
that I've had to break off in my life mm-hmm. because watching them go through all of that, um, I remember probably in like fifth grade, I was like, I better like be pretty self. I mean, I didn't know this wording, but I was like, I got to take care of myself. Like my parents could be gone in an instant. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get too attached to wow. anyone but God. Like I really, I, it was this, I think it was just the trauma of secondary uh-huh. trauma of watching all that happen. I was just like, you know, anything can happen. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. very, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you know, marking. And we do that as children. We make these internal vows. Right. In response. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I, and I have been a very self-sufficient person because that was, also very, like, having a hard, a good work ethic and being self-sufficient was a really big thing, yeah. uh, like, that was admired mm-hmm. in my family. And I remember probably in college having to be like, Lord, I, you know, this was taught to me, you know, uh, mm-hmm. are there any agreements that you've made? You know, can you think of what they were in prayer? Can you bring that to Jesus? And that was one of the things that definitely came up. Wow. And I had to be like, you know, Lord, that's not a view. And even little things like that, that we think, I just know that in counseling, you get the chance to say things and walk people through even something like that. Mm -hmm. And it creates freedom. Yeah. And it creates like a well of love in their hearts for Mm -hmm. how God cared for them, even in really difficult times. Mm. And I think that's probably what I loved the most, like, and still love when I walk with people through suffering is there's no editing left. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody gets pretty honest. Yeah. And, and then that is when like healing can happen. Yeah. Yeah. When you strip away all the right answers and yeah, you just, you get so honest. Yeah. You're too tired and exhausted Mm. to come up with all that. So Mm -hmm. God gets to really get in there and like tend and mend. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's amazing. I know. I love hearing that perspective because I've received crazy healing in counseling sessions, but just to hear about your journey is like, Mm -hmm. I think both sides really benefit, I think, from something like that. Oh, yeah. I mean, I did some counseling during graduate school because it's required, but with ladies that were from inner city, Dallas, um, and shelters and things like that, and it's probably one of the most... um, it has shaped a lot of who I am, mm. what, what I listen yeah. to on the other side. Mm-hmm. I was supposed to be the counselor facilitator, but listening to their stories and listening to some of their faith in Christ, mm-hmm. when I was like, I don't understand how this is your story and this is your strong faith, because mm-hmm. <laughs> their stories were so, I mean, I just can't even imagine. Mm-hmm. Things we can't imagine, mm-hmm. like that they wouldn't even make movies about, you know. Yeah, yeah. And just watching their faith be so strong Mm -hmm. and so steadfast, it was, it just rocked my world. Wow. So. Mm. Wow. 
That's amazing. Okay, so <laughs> going back to the story. Sorry, I took us on a trail, but I think I like we needed trail. to. We needed to go on that trail. Um, so you did some counseling for a year while Chris finished school. Yeah. And then... And then what was next? Youth ministry? Is that what you said? Yeah. Then um, Chris got a job in Arkansas, and we headed up there, and I had done youth ministry in the past. And just so you know, as an aside, after doing youth ministry all during college and and really burning myself out, like Mm. having no boundaries, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I said to myself, I will never marry a youth pastor or a coach or anyone that works with kids and just works hours and hours on end because... (laughs) I'm not doing that to myself. <laughs> and I married a guy who's a coach and a youth pastor. Oh, yeah. my when we, uh, Yeah. So God is funny like that, isn't he? He's he like, is. oh, really? That's He's just what so I want for you. <laughs> <laughs> so we did. Uh, when we moved to Arkansas, I was pregnant with my oldest child, who mm-hmm. everybody calls Kid. His name's Kidron from the Bible. Um, anyway, and... Uh, but we didn't, I was so newly pregnant, we didn't say anything like while we were interviewing. Yeah. But then when we were in Arkansas, I grew up in the flat lands of Texas. Yes. And I mean, in Colorado, obviously had some other experiences, but in Arkansas, there are hills and curves and hills and curves. And we were looking for houses and I was, I had morning sickness, but I was oh. trying not to mm-hmm. say a lot. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Did it they was, figure it out pretty quickly? Yeah. Yeah. Our, our sweet <laughs> little realtor is like, Brooke, I was like, I think I just have um, car sickness, but I've never had it before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I had a lot of morning sickness with Kid, to say the least. Mm. But oh, we, So we got there, but then I was like pregnant and not counseling. Mm-hmm. And my husband was working and loving his life and hanging out with kids. Actually, it was a really lonely time mm-hmm. for me mm-hmm. at the beginning. I had never been far, far away from my family. Yeah. And um, my dad um, is very adventurous, and so he's a pilot. Mm-hmm. And so I was so thankful because he would, like, hop to Arkansas every once oh, in a while. Oh, and yeah. come see us and love on us and see the baby and all that good stuff. But yeah, it was a it was a really a stretching and growing time for mm. me because I felt like I had just started this career that I, I like loved. Like I've yeah. never loved any job before. And then I started working with youth again mm-hmm. alongside Chris. Mm-hmm. Um, state to state, they don't let you just counsel. <laughs> You've got to go back through every state board oh, and do yeah. all your life. It's a lot of, yes. and, um, and I did do that eventually in Arkansas, but for a moment again, I was like, yeah, still at home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And God was growing things in me and, mm-hmm. you know, showing me that he's like everything I was doing was still completely counseling, yes, you know, Mm -hmm. but it was not um, in any way that I would have expected. Mm. Yeah. So. I love it when God does that. Like the gifts he puts within us, they are there. Yeah. (laughs) And they're going to come out one way or another, just 
sometimes different seasons, they look totally different. Yeah. It's true. Mm-hmm. It's true. And those kids, like from our very first time in youth ministry together, like a lot of those kids are overseas as full-time missionaries now, mm-hmm. and we have relationships with them still. And I just, I delight in, in people. I, I know that God has given me, like, I just love watching people use their gifts yes. and flourish mm-hmm. and have freedom to, to just bravely, mm-hmm. courageously mm-hmm. go. Yeah. And we've seen them do that, mm-hmm. you know. And you say, like, now they're in their 30s. But I'm like, our kids are in yeah. the Thai-Burma border and our kids are in, <laughs> you know, because yeah. you get so attached mm-hmm. and kids are so loyal and loving because when we moved from there to Oklahoma City, which we did and did more ministry, like about two weeks after we got there, a van full of kids came and just sat in our living room and cried, really. I mean, but there are kids that we still have relationships Mm -hmm. with now. Yeah. You know. Wow. They are loyal if you do a good job, which... You guys did, it sounds like. So that speaks a lot of who you are. Well, oh, they're kids, they're, I don't know. I just think God put such a love in your heart mm-hmm. for whoever mm-hmm. you're supposed to be influencing and, yes. and around. Yeah. And I mean, we did. And kids are never slept. And I would stay up till I was just crazy and young. Uh-huh. You know, uh-huh. I would stay up late with all these girls and then. Kidron would be up at, you know, six and listen. Um, <laughs> yes. You were tired. <laughs> yes. I look at videos of then. I'm like, I, I wonder if I wash my hair. Yeah. For like a few weeks. Yeah. Right. During <laughs> right. Those, you know. But oh well. But teenagers don't care about that. They don't no. at all. Mm-mm. No. Yeah. Yeah. And then I mean we did. We were doing youth ministry. Things were growing and changing and it was awesome. And then we got a call, like a random call mm-hmm. from a church in Oklahoma City. And they were like, Hey, we've heard you're doing a great job over here. We've got some needs in Oklahoma mm-hmm. City. Would y'all come up? And we happened to be on our way to Texas to see mm-hmm. my family. We we're like, sure, we'll come. And when we went and interviewed, Chris was like, I think we should I think this is where we need to be. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, Another change, another move, yeah. Right. Wow. And uh-huh. so we moved, and we were in Oklahoma City for about 10 years. Okay. And we did, at that time, we started in youth, and then we did college ministry, then we did young adults ministry, then we did young marrieds, mm. then we did mm-hmm. singles, mm-hmm. you know, from 18 to 100. Mm-hmm. Um, and I ministered to women all during that time. Mm. Um, some counseling, because the church was really big. So there's lots of, like, counseling occurring. Um, But we also were struggling with infertility at that time. Mm. And so there was lots going on in our personal life and then also in our ministry life. Mm -hmm. And uh, the church we were at, they were very strongly um, birthing and adoption and uh, foster care, like, just you know, pushing out, nudging us out of the nest in that area. Like, would we be willing? This mm-hmm. is our stats in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. These are the needs. And one of my good friends there had adopted um, a sibling group 
and she was awesome. Her name's Molly Shockley, and um, just the faith of a lion. She's just little bitty, blonde, blue-eyed yeah. warrior. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like and yeah, and uh, so during that time, I said to Chris, I, I think I want to adopt, and he said, oh, I don't. Yeah, okay. And yeah. <laughs> for three years, mm-hmm. we prayed and talked and prayed and talked. And Chris's background is his mother left at a young age. Mm-hmm. And so he knows mm-hmm. about all the wounding that occurs mm-hmm. in yeah. that process. And I think he was really being protective mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, probably yeah. of his heart, mm-hmm. but also my heart, I mm-hmm. think. But I just kept saying to him, we've worked with kids. I've now worked with kids from the age of 19 forward. This is what I know. Your biological kids or your non-biological kids will break your heart. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not making decisions based Mm -hmm. on pain management. I'm not. Mm -hmm. And I kept feeling like the Lord kept saying to me, in this process, Brooke, you have to make your decisions out of faith. That's and powerful. every single thing you thought when you birthed Kidron and wouldn't even take a Benadryl, you know, mm-hmm. you had you thought you were controlling all the things. And actually it's you don't have no control. Because in adopt in adoption it makes you face the fact that you have no control mm-hmm. like over what's happening in that baby's mm-hmm. life while it's in the womb. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many things that you think about that you I've never thought about before. Um, good and awesome and also scary. Yeah. Wow. And God just did what he always does. And I mean, we tried a few things and things weren't going well. And we had a doctor from Israel who sat down with us there in Oklahoma City and uh, he loved Kidron's name. Mm-hmm. He said I was pronouncing it wrong and he was correct. <laughs> um <laughs> But um, he said, you know, that baby was a miracle. You don't realize it, but he was, and you're not going to have any more babies. Mm-hmm. So the mm-hmm. statistics say uh, you have a one in 800,000, you know, yeah. chance, oh, yeah. basically, something wow. like, like you might get pregnant every, once every 10 years. Wow. Mm-hmm. And so if you're going to save up money or you have money saved, I think you should adopt. This is not a man of... Mm. Wow. And we walked out of there, and Chris was like, I think we should adopt. (laughs) (laughs) That's what did it for you. (laughs) The numbers. He's a math, he's an upper level math teacher. (laughs) (laughs) I had not given him any numbers. (laughs) Stats, pie charts next time. Well, and also, I just think God Mm -hmm. had been doing things. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so we started the, well, um, so right around that time is when my dad passed away. Mm -hmm. So that was like 2006. We got serious about like the process of adoption, getting our paperwork and Mm -hmm. picking out what we're going to do and home studies and stuff. And my dad, who I love and adore, um, has super close relationship with, had 
his father had passed away and he sold all of the farming things mm-hmm. that he had. This was family business for gener- three generations. But I think my dad always wanted to fly. Mm-hmm. He had been an EMT and paramedic also in our small area. Mm-hmm. This was his heart. And uh, I think he read Wild at Heart a few times. And um, <laughs> he just told mom, I think I'm going to go um, get my pilot's certification for, to be a medevac pilot. Mm-hmm. And he was in his mid-50s. Yeah. Wow. Learning and doing mm-hmm. something new. But it was lighting him up yeah. on the inside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so he did all of that. And um, mom loves the mountains. Dad loves the water. And he went and got a little cabin in Rio Dosa, renovated it. Um, they made it their little new home, mm-hmm. sold everything we'd ever known. We lived in the same house my whole life. Yeah. Um, and he started flying out of the... I mean, Roswell, Riodosa, the whole panhandle is serviced by, mm-hmm. um, or was at that time, Southwest Medivac. Mm-hmm. And one of his flights out of Riodosa, um, he did not make it to the hospital. Mm-hmm. And my mom called me and said, hey, I waved bye to dad on the runway last night. Um, he was taking this precious baby, and uh, and they have no record of him coming to the hospital. Uh-huh. And it was earth-shattering for me. I mean, right. I had spent a lot of years at that time kind of away from my family, mm-hmm. and we were just, we had just moved back to Oklahoma where we were closer and seeing each other more, yeah. and then dad moved to Riodosa, <laughs> and I and I knew it was because he was doing, mm-hmm. like, gifting mom, like mm-hmm. this little treasure, and, um, but we were just, you know, he was in a new season, and we were getting to see him do all that, and, um, and he did. He went straight to heaven. The whole, no one survived. Mm-hmm. Um, and walking through that was it, pro- the most defining moment in my spiritual life, mm-hmm. I think. I learned a thousand things that we don't have time for um, today. Yeah. But um, I will say this. You write about it a little bit in the Bible study. Yes. And it's beautiful and profound. Well, yeah. You learn so much um, in those moments. Yeah. If you're willing to say, God, mm-hmm. where are you in this? Yeah. yeah. Like, I want to know. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to deny that you're here. And I'm also not going to run from you. I'm going to mm-hmm. run to you. Yes. And one of my greatest prayers for my kids has always been no matter how much pain comes, that would always run to Jesus yeah. and not away, mm. even when it's hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, even when they're pitching a fit. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's ready. Yes. It doesn't deter him. Mm-hmm. It doesn't diminish his love. Mm-hmm. And um, so my dad was... An amazing planner, amazing businessman, whatever. I mean, everything he did, he did well. Mm-hmm. And so at the end of when everything was over and uh, we were given our inheritance from him, 
I couldn't touch it. I literally couldn't touch it. Mm-hmm. I was like, there's nothing in my life that is worth spending on this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, about that time, we also obviously had been looking at um, adoption for a little while. And I was in prayer one morning and I just was like, except for a baby. <laughs> he loved, I mean, yeah. he was such wow. a great grandpa mm-hmm. and loved all babies. Yeah. Um, was wonderful with babies. He was this big, burly, you know, hardworking guy. But the minute he was in the presence of the grandbabies or us, even as kids, um, he was fully present, mm-hmm. able to just put that down and come. And like my, some of my strongest memories are of him fully in work clothes, smelling like work clothes, <laughs> but saying to me, Hey, Brooke, go get an orange out of the refrigerator and come sit over here and peel it with me. Mm. And then just talk like Mm one-on-one talking to me. And he saw me. He knew that. I was that kid that like was in the backseat all the time. And my mom was like, is Brooke in here? (laughs) (laughs) You know, but he saw me always. He's more quiet, Mm -hmm. just like I was. Mm -hmm. And um, he, and that's how he was. And it, and you know, with all of the family, all of the sweet babies. Mm. And, and you know, at that time, I just said to Chris, I think, like, now's the time. And mm-hmm. and I think this is the only way I would ever use this. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's how we got to adopt Naya. Oh, okay. And her name means God answers because Mm -hmm. literally for years we had been praying and then Kidron who by this time is almost six I mean he's an extrovert Mm -hmm. like no one has ever seen (laughs) when I would pick him up from nursery when he was little he would cry when I got him not when I left him right I began began yeah I began to think like people are like think I am doing harming him because he didn't want to leave with me, but he didn't want to leave the party. Like he would say, I'm the first one leaving. Like, what are you thinking? (laughs) I mean, Uh he, and so our whole life, he would pray for a baby sister. Like he really would. And, um, when he finally figured out like this baby's like, Sisters and brothers aren't coming along. Mm-hmm. And when he went, and we got a dog for him finally. Chris hates pets, but we finally got a dog. And um, when people would say, Hey, kid, like, tell us about your brothers and sisters, he would be like, Yeah, I have one brother, Oscar. That was our dog. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sweet boy. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And so he prayed and prayed. So we let him um, name Naya's middle name, which oh. is Rose. Oh, and so, how brave of you! Yeah, they, I love it. He's a pretty thoughtful a little yeah. guy, and mm-hmm. um, his middle name starts with an R. And as you know, all young children sort of are egocentric, yes. you know. Yes. So yes. we Maybe thought, he, yeah, she mm-hmm. might he might want to name her after him. <laughs> but R in the middle is good. Yes, that so, works. So anyway, we started that process, and in nine months, we had her. Wow. Like it was like a pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And so from, yeah. Mm. Wow. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. And then three years later, I thought I had a chronic illness and I was pregnant with Dax. 
It's that one in 800,000. <laughs> and <laughs> almost 10 years apart from Kidron. So, anyway. Chronic illness or pregnancy. Isn't it crazy how those can be similar? I I tend to get really sick. I should. I mean, some people don't. Those people that are like, I have never felt better. Mm -hmm. And and they're glowing. Oh, that was not me. That was not you. Yeah. No. (laughs) No, but I, but yeah. And then Dax is a whole nother. Whole nother. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful story. And, And yeah. So Dax is now almost 11 and Kidron's about to be 20 okay. and Naya will be 14 mm. next month. Yeah. Wow. It's beautiful. Oh, Brooke, I could talk to you for hours. <laughs> <laughs> that's just, that's just like part of your story, but it's beautiful. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Wow. And now you're back in Lubbock. Now we're back in Lubbock to the amazing sunsets yes. and sunrises. They're the best. Yes, they really are. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, and I actually was thinking the other day, I feel like God is like having me retrace my steps in some strange little way. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I'm still praying through it because I went, we ministered in Texas Mm -hmm. for for about four years before coming here up in the panhandle, Mm -hmm. close to Sunnyside where I grew up. Yeah, wow. And now we're, we're here in Lubbock, which was a God thing. And that's where I went to college. Mm-hmm. Like, it's such a, <laughs> it's, I don't know. Who knows what God is doing? But I just know that I'm just going to keep doing mm. whatever he says. Yeah. It's the best way. <laughs> that's right. It, it sure is. Yeah. So. Mm. Wow. Well, I was just, man, so many things mm-hmm. that I, I actually have a little notepad. I'm jotting things. I mean, you've said multiple things that just kind of they like had sticky tape on them stick to my heart but mm-hmm. um, I loved when you said you know Jesus is my keeper I resonate with that same for me he has just been my keeper yeah. sometimes I have felt like that wasn't like um, an exciting enough like testimony right um, and even though I've had to walk through a few hard things like mm-hmm. he's just kept me and been so close and I love that and yeah. That's what I, I pray that over my children and over people that I I love. Well, and I, I have often said it to like you guys realize like you don't have to go do all these crazy things to mm. prove that it wasn't worth it and God is. Like yeah. like if your heart runs in the path of God's commands already, mm-hmm. then run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because his word says if your heart is running in the path of my commands, I will set your heart free. Mm-hmm. And I think, especially working with youth and even call, like they tend to think God's um, word and these boundaries and guardrails that he puts on their life are against their freedom. Mm-hmm. But actually, mm-hmm. that's not true. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's for your freedom. And so I'm like, you know, I've lived a pretty exciting life, and I I haven't done this, this, or this. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. and if you have less regrets, I've learned that God that seems like you have a a lot more space in your heart and life to hold other people's. Wow, Mm -hmm. and to be able to sit with them Mm -hmm. because you're not battling. Mm -hmm these things too, but you're able to open up and say, okay, 
I'm just going to join you mm-hmm. in this pain that you have, and I'm going to sit with you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you have space for that. And wow. I haven't ever thought of it that way before, but Mm -hmm. I think you're right. Yeah. If you don't have your own, as many of your own regrets, there's more space for others. Yeah. And I mean, we all have regrets. Of course. But I'm just saying, if there's not a stockpile of things, Mm -hmm. don't discount that. Because I know there's women out there that are like, or maybe young women Mm -hmm. who are like, you know, and I've heard this many times through the years. I just don't have a testimony really like I. Well, yes, you do. Mm-hmm. And you have no idea, whatever it is that you've come through so far, what God has planned for you up here. Mm-hmm. And maybe you are supposed to be a deep well of compassion for yeah. others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Well, Brooke, thank you so much for just... Sharing over is like an overflow of your heart mm-hmm. is what we got today, and and I I just I feel honored to get to to hear it. So mm-hmm. thank you so much. Well, you're welcome. Love you. Oh, <laughs> I love y'all. You're easy to love. Oh, <laughs> I don't know if you love Brooke now as much as I do. I bet you do. Um, I think her. I think just her ability to see people and her overflowing love for Jesus comes out in everything she says. And so I I can't but imagine that you are feeling this after you listen to that uh, interview with her. Cynthia and I are both just um, still thinking, wow, just amazing. I... Um, I did jot down a few things. I loved what she said about Jesus as my keeper. I also jotted down, she said something about making decisions from a place of pain management versus faith. And I want to leave you with that thought. Like, I don't know. I, I want to look at my decisions through that lens is how am I making them? And I want to challenge you to do the same. If you want to hear more from Brooke or get to know her heart a little bit better. I want to reiterate what we said in our introduction, which is that she is uh, one of our co-authors in our new Bloom Bible study called Unwrapped. And if you are in the Lubbock area in the month of July of 2022, you can come and, and join us. But this Bible study is is going to be out for a long time. So if you're interested in reading Brooke's um, just her her story more and also just the way she has encountered Jesus through scripture, uh, you can reach out to us um, at COTR Bloom and we can get you a copy of that Bible study. So um, until next time, you'll have an amazing week and uh, we'll see you next time on Bloom Talks. Thanks for listening to Bloom Talks. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and share to show your support. To stay connected, follow us on Instagram at cotrbloom. Or for more info about Church on the Rock, check out cotrpeople.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.